Welcome to Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. Our guest on the show today is Aileen Stevenson, a dog trainer and behaviour consultant uh, and who is the founder of the Perfect Puppy Company in Glasgow. Aileen specialises in family dog training and in particular providing training and advice to prepare families with dogs for life with children. Aileen is a certified training partner of the Karen Pryor Academy, a full member of the Institute of Modern Dog Trainers and Scotland's first and currently only family paused licensed trainer. Aileen lives in Glasgow. All right, so hi Aileen, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to spend some time with us talking about uh, family pause. Thanks very much, you're welcome. All right, so this is take two. We started recording this and yeah, I forgot to press the record button, but thankfully we're only a minute into it. Um, okay, so Family Pause is an organisation, uh, kind of training school, and I believe you're the only one in Scotland, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you probably need to go further down in England to get the next one that's... North. Yeah, I think there's I think there's somebody in the north of England and then a few further down south. There's not many of us in the UK at all. Okay, so what is it? What is Family Pause? So Family Pause is an organisation that provides uh, training to professional dog trainers uh, specifically to help them work with and support new and expectant families. So um, really, it's to to help give dog trainers the skills they need to kind of enable and build success between babies and toddlers and family dogs um, is the that's that's what family pause does it was set up by um, a trainer in america called jane shyock who worked um with i think it was a german shepherd rescue a rescue of some description anyway and she came across more and more families who were considering with young children or new babies who were struggling with their dogs and were considering rehoming their dogs and surrendering their dogs to the rescue that she worked with so she saw that there was a, a kind of lack of knowledge yeah. or a disconnect there um, so she set up um, Family Pause to try and provide trainers with the skills to be able to help new families keep their keep their dogs in the home. Yeah, yeah, a, new, a new baby is one of the top three reasons that dogs are surrendered for rehoming yeah. so if families have got the skills it enables more dogs to stay in their home, basically. Safe and safely in their home. Perfect, right. I'm just going to tuck Logan in. Hang on. <laughs> so it's every time, it's like a cue for him to want tucked in is when I go into a Zoom call. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's their to assist families and then to try and keep dogs in their, their houses, which is what their own homes, which is what we're looking for. We're all looking for that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's it's often a time, a new baby's a time of huge change for humans, obviously. Um, but it's also a time of huge change for the dogs. And unfortunately, I think lots of people often kind of, we do a lot of work preparing ourselves. You know, we read books and we join antenatal classes and we join Mum's Net and all these things, but we don't often give an awful lot of thought to the changes that are going to happen for the dog and then the dog struggles with those changes and then you've got a bit of a perfect storm of a dog that's struggling, new parents, you know, lack of sleep, no time and people give up, you know, yeah. um, 
understandably that's not a criticism but you know people then are struggling with their dogs and can't cope with it so um the, the kind of aim of family pause is ideally before there's a problem before the baby arrives is to begin to work with families, help them consider what might change for the dog, how well the dog might cope with that and what we need to do to make the process just easier for the dog. Because if it's easier for the dog, it's going to be easier for the humans. Yeah, yeah. And you know yourself, I mean, so is two, how old are your kids? Uh, so I've got two girls who are uh, 15 and 14 next week. Okay, and my, mine are 18 and 20, but I do remember that it's a, it's a life-changing event when you have your yeah. first child, and then it's another life-changing event when you have your second one, or third, or fourth. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, yeah, the, the after, you know, you, when you've just, hit, just had a baby, especially your first baby, you know, your world's turned upside down. Yeah. You're, and especially in the first few weeks, you know, you're getting to grips with it. You're learning how to be a parent, which is, you know... <laughs> a big job in itself you know and especially for the you know for the mum you're hormonal you know you're very emotional um you've got this huge weight of responsibility that I think most new parents feel really keenly you're so desperate to do everything right um you're quite vulnerable emotionally Mm -hmm. vulnerable and physically vulnerable often as well depending on how things have gone for you um so that's hard enough in and of itself, but adding problems with your dog into that, yeah, you know, it can just be what tips people over the edge, you know, yeah. and and it's you know, as I say, it's a hard, it's a, a stressful enough time uh, without dealing with behaviourish from your dog. Yeah. So a I, bit of forethought and a bit of help from somebody can really, you know. Yeah, and if we think of that, that's a it's a, a huge change in our life. So the the dog is going to it's going to be a massive. It can be a complete upheaval for the dog as well, yeah. you know. So the dog just, um, our dogs then have to adapt to that. But if it, they don't really know what's going on, if it's no real advanced warning of it, it's just that, you know, I mean, there, there's changes in, uh, they'll be able to detect changes in, in, in mum because of your changes in scent, hormones yeah. and stuff like this. But this new wee thing arrives Aye. and the dog gets wagged. Yeah. They know there's changes and that's what often one of the questions that people ask is, you know, does my dog know I'm pregnant? And the dog knows something's going on yeah. because you smell different and as you get further in pregnancy your gait changes and your movement changes and you're maybe breathless or yeah. you know so the dog knows something's changing but it doesn't know what that something is it's got no concept that there's going to be a new yeah. Yeah. person yeah. in the household yeah um so and then when that new baby arrives you know so much changes for the dog that people you know i think it's easy to kind of not think about in advance you know the attention they get for lots and lots of dogs especially if it's a first baby they've been the yeah. I mean I hate this I hate this term but the fur baby you know yeah. Yeah. they've been they've got all the attention from you know their owners their humans um that changes overnight the amount of time you've got to devote to your dog the amount of exercise your dog gets the kind of exercise your dog gets, um, who exercises the dog, where the dog sleeps, you know, the dog's routine might change, uh, who's kind of primary care for the dog, is that that might change depending on, you know, what your family setup has been. So much changes and it changes overnight in most cases. Yeah, absolutely. And then we wonder why the dog can't cope. Yeah, yeah. 
and it starts to throw out all these kind of aberrant behaviors and you know it's frustrated or it's stressed or it's anxious you know sure. and um in some cases i mean some take it in their stride yeah, neither up nor down mm-hmm. um but leaving it to chance is you know i think yeah. a little bit of preparation a little bit of forethought can really make a big big difference so we'll, we'll circle back around to um kind of stuff that we can do with the dog um t- towards the end of, of our chat um, what can uh, what are the common issues that you see or that you're called in to deal with? Um, so I think most the people that call me in fall into two camps, and within those camps, there's different kind of categories. So there's the proactive people that call you in in advance, and some of those people aren't anticipating any issues; they just want to kind of tick all the boxes and make sure that they've covered everything off, and you know. Um, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not concerned about their dog. They just want to make sure they're kind of doing everything right. Then you get the people that call you in advance because they are anticipating a problem. They maybe know they've got a dog that's maybe not got a great history around children already or um, is just a nervous, anxious, worried dog that doesn't take to change very easily. Yeah. So that's the kind of proactive people. And then you get the reactive people who call you after the event when they're having issues. Yeah. And those issues can be, so they, I would say they probably fall into three categories. You've got the dogs that are maybe anxious or worried mm-hmm. by the baby. Um, you've got the dogs that are super interested in the baby and really stimulated by the baby. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the dogs that, there's, they might not be that interested in the baby one way or the other, but there are problems or Things that the dog does that maybe weren't an issue before. Yeah. But you add a baby into the mix and suddenly it's a big issue. And they can be really simple. They can be things like pulling on the lead. Because mm-hmm. it might be something that is not great, but you can live with it when it's just you, two adults or an adult, you know. But trying to have a dog pulling on the lead when you're pushing a pram. Yeah. Or maybe wearing a baby in a sling. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be getting, you don't want the, the risk of getting pulled off your feet. It's dangerous. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's dangerous for everybody at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the problems are like barking, another one. Mm-hmm. You know, the dog that kicks off at the window when somebody goes by. That's something you probably, you know, didn't really bother about too much before. But if you've just put your baby down yeah. to sleep, that becomes a problem. Yeah. So I'd say those are the kind of, those are the three main categories, the kind of fearful, anxious, worried dog, yeah. the super interested, really stimulated dog, and then the dogs that it's not the baby itself that's causing the dog an issue. It's the fact that the dog has got other behaviors that are suddenly kind of reframed because there's suddenly a baby in the picture. So like jumping up, moving fast, barreling yeah. through doors. Yeah. 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 Well, jumping up. So yeah, that's, that's a really common one. Cause it's like, you don't mind when it's you, you're an adult but holding an infant. Suddenly that's not so great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. The other one that's really common actually as well is, um, an inability to settle on their own. Okay. So that's one of the first questions I'll always ask somebody and quite often they'll come back and they'll say, oh no, they're, they're fine when, you know, we can leave them, no problem. But what they mean is they can leave them when there's nobody in the house. Mm-hmm. But having the dog in one room and people in another room doing stuff, is a problem. that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's really common. And that's something that a dog in a house with a young baby or a toddler, they need to be able to settle somewhere else because there's going to be times it's just not, um, appropriate to have them in the room 
unless they are, you know, they've got an amazing downstay yeah. and can just lie in their bed and not, you know, but for lots of dogs, if you're doing tummy time on the floor with the baby or changing the baby's nappy on the floor yeah. or sitting feeding the baby even, you know, is it appropriate to have a free roaming dog in that room? Probably not. Well, possibly not, depending yeah. on the dog. And what I remember when I, because when I, I didn't know Family Paws was was available. And how long has it been on the go? I think it's about the early 2000s. I think it was about 2002 okay. it started, right. uh, Jen set it up. So when I, so, because before, like I met you and and, um, and you got all my, any, so anytime I'll get an inquiry that comes in for, for family stuff, then it just it comes straight to you because that's your bag, you know, um, and you're better with people with children than I am, so you're actually a little bit better than me. Um, so, but, you, but you're trained for it, you're trained for it in your location, so you've got that knowledge there. Um, and and then I was trying to get the best available training for owners, uh, so there would be no reason why I, I don't give it to you. But before before we started working together, uh, the I had kind of, I don't know whether I'd read an article or something else, or I just, looked at my own knowledge and then said, how do you put it together? And what I, I started doing when I was getting people while they were in pregnancy was start to train the dog to be left in their own, but it was really clear cues. So I said to them, buy like a big old clock, you know, or something like this. And you bring that clock out and when you put the clock down, you give the dog enrichment toys, which will come to, or something to do. And you just, that's a cue that you're now, your, your attention's not going to be available. Yeah. You know, and then you remove that and then make a fuss of the dog again. And we just train this so that the dog starts going, Oh, I understand, you know, this is this is time where mum or dad aren't available to me. Yeah. It's I, I think it's it's the one skill that lots of dogs don't have. Yeah. Um is being able to settle while there's other stuff going on in the house. You know, they there's there's a lot of kind of well, they're social animals. They want to be, you know, with us and there's kind of a whole FOMO thing, you know, they, they don't want to miss out on anything. Um, but, it, you know, it's there are times where it's just it's just not appropriate and it's just not safe. Um, so, but I think that's something that understandably, you know, it takes time for a dog to get used to that. So trying to do that when you're in the midst of, you know, you want to be starting working on that when you find out you're pregnant. Not when you bring your baby home. That's and, the wrong time. And when, so if if you are listening to this and, and you're you are expecting a baby and it's your first baby, um, you will be you'll take your your maternity or your paternity leave and it'll be two o'clock in the afternoon. You've been up since six o'clock and you'll all <laughs> still be in your pajamas yeah. and not know what happened with the day. You know, so you'll not have been over the threshold of the door, but because you're just having to work out how do we how do I get up and how do I eat. But need to take care of the baby first, you know. So, um, you know, and so on and so on. And if you're, if you are listening to this and you are preparing for your baby, understand. And you know, when people say that this, this, because I, I was like, when I when I first had when we had our, our daughter, and people would say that to me, and I would be like, that's ridiculous. How can that possibly happen? You know. And then seven hours of the day is gone, and you regularly. For the first several months until you actually get into your groove and say, this is now my life, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and your dogs have to adapt to that. Oh, know. totally. I mean, I, so there's, there's not much between my girls. There's uh, 19, 19 months, 20 okay. months or something. So, I mean, there were days when if the three of us were, you know, 
up and dressed by kind of mid-afternoon. That was a good day, you know. That was a really good day. And I was lucky that, you know, um, the dog we had at that time um, was a really... Star. Yeah, I mean, he was dead chilled. He was, you know, you could let him out to the garden, you know, for his, for, to, to go to the toilet and bring him back in and he wouldn't create and he wouldn't. So, you know, we were really lucky because that could have gone... I mean, that could have been a disaster. It could have been a nightmare with two such young children. And the, the other thing with that is it is interesting because just because the dog is, our dogs are, appear to be dealing with it, they might actually just be settling down into, oh, this is rubbish and I'll just mm -hmm. settle down, you know. So although that we don't see the, and they can't tell us. So we see this kind of no behaviour dog where the dog just settles and relaxes, but they actually yeah. might be, Scunnered. That's a Scottish word if you're listening to this. <laughs> so it means sped up. Okay, right. Um, so what can parents do to prepare for the arrival of the new puppy? Uh, so new baby? Parents, no, no. So we'll go with so existing right. parents first. So we've got parents with toddlers and they're getting a, they're getting a new puppy. Okay. So I think if the um if the you know the baby's in situ first or the toddler um mm. is in situ first and the puppy's coming in, um I think it's like most things, there's a combination of really um, strong control and management yep. and so training. Can you expand a little bit on that? So control so and management, the, the puppy isn't necessarily, we're not necessarily teaching the puppy anything, but what we're doing is managing the environment to, in this case, keep everyone safe. So <laughs> that would be things like if you've got a young toddler in the house you probably already have baby gates in place but even yeah. if it's an older child like three four five mm -hmm. I would really advocate putting some baby gates back in place so yes. that you can create some separation um, so in fact I was talking to um, I took a call from a client last night about this exact thing um, sort of slightly older children five-ish um, and a new puppy and the key to keeping kids and dogs safe and having appropriate interactions. So they've both got to learn. Puppy's got to learn how to be around the kids and the kids have got to learn how to be around the pup. Um, it's, it's about supervision. You know, it's supervision, supervision, supervision. But you can't do that. You can't do that all the time. It's just not possible because you need to, you know, make a phone call or make the dinner. Or, yeah, uh -huh, you know, have a life, you know, <laughs> on your phone, you know. Um, so, uh, I would say put in separation in place, safe spaces for both the kids and the dog so that they're separated. So baby gates in place, something like that, a pen for the puppy. Mm -hmm. um, you, I would be, if it's a, a young toddler, I would be, it would be full adult active supervision at all times. So, and that means, that doesn't mean just being in the same room. Yeah. That means actively supervising. So, yeah. um, you know, being down on the floor between the dog and the puppy. Yeah. Uh, between the, the child and the puppy. So there's an adult to kind of manage yeah. things, especially if it's a toddler or a kind of sitting up baby. Developmentally, they're grabby. at the grabby <laughs> stage. Yeah. And if you've got, especially if you've got, you know, a labradoodle or a cockapoo or one of, you know, a, a dog with a fluffy coat, uh, just asking to be grabbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you want to be avoiding the possibility that that child is inadvertently going to hurt the puppy. Yeah. So, full act and you've got a puppy that's probably quite nippy and bitey and yeah, mouthy sure. um which is well it's not fine for an adult but we can deal with it yeah. but a child can't 
So um, full adult supervision, active supervision, if you can't supervise, you separate. Um, now that doesn't mean you need to exclude. It yeah. can just be a baby gate, so you can have one, they can still be visual contact and, um, but uh, yeah, supervision. And as the child grows, teaching the child how to interact with the dog that you know the, the dogs in their crate they don't get touched if the dog's on their bed they don't get touched how to appropriately pet a dog yeah you know um so one of the things even with a very very young child what you can do is you know you don't want to leave them free reign to pat that dog because you're going to get that grabbiness so you can kind of place your hand over their little hand mm -hmm. and kind of grasp you know clasp their fingers and you know you're in charge but they're touching the dog so I think it's teaching the child from the get-go how to be around dogs and what's respectful and what's appropriate yeah. um, and when the dog said enough I uh, had enough but that involves the adults understanding that yeah, yeah and that's a big gap I think in a lot a lot of dog owners I would agree. Knowledge. Yeah. I think that body, I think you only need to go into Google and Google dogs and babies, dogs and kids, and look at the videos that come up. So I shared one on my page a couple of weeks ago, I think, of a little girl, wee toddler, bouncing on the back of a big kind of pity type mix. Mm -hmm. Dogs super tolerant, but not loving it. Oh, but yeah. all the comments, I mean, hundreds of comments under the original video of how cute, what a, what a good big brother, oh. you know. And if you know what you're looking for, you're yeah. watching that video going, uh -huh. oh my God, that's scary. And it's just the dog. So some of them, their tolerance will, will never will never run out. Yeah. They will just go, yeah, that's, and again, I'm not loving it, but I can put up with it. Yeah. But, but tolerance, oh. yeah, but tolerance is, we tolerate things we'd rather not. Absolutely, yeah. And it's not fair on the dog because at some stage that dog has a bad day, is sore, is feeling yeah. rubbish. Um, it might decide it's had enough and even if it doesn't it's not really any life for the dog but the thing but the parents I think some parents it's not done out of nobody deliberately puts their child in harm's way to get a cute video well you would hope you know they just don't see it yeah exactly yeah yeah you don't know what you don't know so you can't teach your children how to listen to what the dog's telling you if you don't understand what the dog's telling you so that's a big part of the work that somebody like me would do with a family would be help talking to them about all these little everybody understands a growl mm -hmm. or a snap but people don't know about shake-offs about lip licks about yawning about head turns you yeah. know so, so it's, all the stuff that happens before yeah. the, the really shouty stuff from the dog so you, you, with, especially with bites to children, you get, oh, it came out of the blue. There was no yeah. warning. But actually, I would say the vast majority of the time there's been warning, but nobody's heard it because they don't know. I remember years ago listening to so Ian Dunbar, who was one of the first people that I learned from, and he used to do a podcast. I don't know if he still does, um, but he, was, he used to do these kind of like silly wee sketches and stuff like this. And he was talking about, um, he played the role of, uh, he played, so he played two roles and it was supposed to be an, a, a Rottweiler being interviewed by a reporter and the Rottweiler had bitten somebody, bitten his owner. And um, 
So he said, so um, Benji, I heard that you, you had an incident during the week. Yeah, yeah, about, about my owner. Uh, so what happened? I've told him a hundred times. I've told him a hundred times, don't touch me like that. I really don't like it. But he kept getting in my face. And then when I tried to move away, he dragged me back in and, and, and touched me again. And then when I started growling him, he shouted again at me. And that's me growling, saying to him, I don't want you to do that. He says, and that get ignored or I get shouted at for doing this. And eventually I'd had enough. So I just jumped up and bit him. So I told him several hundred times, please stop doing that. And if we think, if we reframe it like that, how many times would we put up with somebody saying, doing something that we didn't like and having to say to them repeatedly, stop doing that. You'll reach the end of your tether at some point. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, so, so it's just, I think with a family with children that are bringing a puppy in, I think it's really, really important. And if, if people, I think I've had one client in the time that I've been doing this that has been in that position and has contacted me before the puppy arrived um, to say, we want you to come and do a session with the kids yeah. about dogs before this dog arrives, um, which was fantastic parenting. It was, it was really refreshing to see. Oh, but it was talking to both the adults and the kids about, you know, all these small signals, because you say, you know, that they're there. We just, but if you don't, if you don't speak the language, you can't understand. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just pause for a second and we'll come back after the message. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you like this information, there's plenty more to come. So please subscribe to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it on. We're also on YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. Search Glasgow Dog Trainer and Behaviour Consultant and there's a ton of free content on there for you to consume. If you love it, please let somebody else know. Thanks again for supporting us. Okay, welcome back. And um, if you're just uh, if you've just jumped into this, we're with Aileen, who's a family pause trainer. And family pause is an organisation which uh, educates trainers to help new families, um, either with a new puppy, or sorry, families with a puppy or existing families with a new baby, existing families with a dog with a new baby. Okay. All right, so what can um, new parents do to prepare their dog for the, the baby arriving? Okay, so the first thing is start as soon as you know you're pregnant. Start thinking about that's this. really thing. important, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's because if, if you are trying to change, depends what your, what your issues are, but if you're changing behaviour, it's not going to happen overnight in most cases. It takes a bit of time. Um, and starting in advance, what it means is you can start to build in these changes gently and slowly so that by the time the baby arrives, this is normal. Nothing, the only, well, one of the only things that's changing is a new baby, which is big enough in itself, you know, but the other stuff is all normal. So start immediately. And what I would say is think about what might change for your dog mm -hmm. and how your dog might react to that. So you need to understand your dog and know your dog. So, um, you know, is your dog... Um, does he live his life by the clock? Is he a dog that come, will come and bark in your face at five o'clock? You know, it's dinner time. Watch, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> um, because if he is, that's something you want to start to try and build in a bit of flex in that schedule because that's... So how would we do that? Maybe 10 minutes before five and 10 minutes after type thing? Yeah, so I, uh -huh. so I would just start varying dinner time just by five minutes or so around, you know, the time that they would normally get their dinner just to begin to build in so that they're not expecting that dinner you know, five o'clock on the door, it's in the window of five o'clock. So it might be quarter to five, it might be quarter past. The dog's not going to have a meltdown if it's, yeah. you know. So just making changes. The key to most of these things is making the changes in small increments. Yeah. So it's almost like they don't notice the changes. Sure. 
Um, so, yeah, what's the, are they a clock watch or are they kind of quite flexible? Um, the exercise, what kind of ex, what, how will that change? Chances are their exercise is going to go down. Sure. Um, possibly, depending on the time of year you have your baby. Maybe if your baby in the summer, you're out walking with the pram all the time. But um, so, for example, my dog that, that I had when I had my first daughter, um, I had an office job then, and I used to come in, you know, at kind of six o'clock, half past six, and take the dog out to kind of decompress from the day. And I would, he would be walked kind of by the river, up in the fields, through the woods, off lead most of the time. Um, now, after that, after my daughter was born, there was, well, certainly initially, it that was, just on, yeah, that just stopped, you yeah. know, um, the walks were shorter because I didn't have, you know, an hour and a half to go for a walk. Um, I was pushing a pram, so it wasn't up through the woods and mm -hmm. the fields, um, it was around the streets on lead. So that all changed pretty much overnight for him because I didn't know then all the stuff I know now. So start to maybe decrease the exercise a little bit and not, you don't need to start that so far in advance, but certainly in the kind of weeks running up to, you know, the birth of your baby, start to decrease that exercise a little bit and um, maybe mix up, you know, some on lead, some off lead, just begin to introduce the changes. It might be that the person that walks the dog is going to change. Sure. Maybe instead, if it's always been one, you know, partner that maybe that's not going to work and it's going to be the other so getting the dog used to um changes like that mm -hmm. a big one is where the dog sleeps okay a lot of the time the dogs may be up in the bedroom or on the bed which is totally fine if it's just adults in the room um but adding a, a sleep you know a newborn an infant who's maybe in a crib beside your bed or co-sleeping and that's not safe yeah. you know that's just, oh, yeah, if, just, you're, not if, just yeah, if you're sleeping you can't supervise yeah. so and even if it's the coolest dog in the world, the dog can roll over, scratch the wee one, uh, you know, roll over on top and, and you'll get crushing injuries. And, you know, and this isn't to alarm anybody that's listening to this, but just prepare yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's not, sometimes you do feel a bit of a prophet of doom doing this and telling people <laughs> everything they can't do, but it's not, it's just to say, you've got to think about this stuff. Sure. So if your dog has been used to sleeping on your bed for two, three, four years, and all of a sudden you expect them to sleep downstairs, you know, in the lounge with the door shut. You know, when you've got a new baby, you get little enough sleep a lot of the time. You're certainly at the beginning. You do not want a dog whining, barking, scratching at the door. You know, so it's things like, where's he going to sleep? Do I have to start changing that now? And then you can do that gradually, you know, on a bed on the floor, moving the bed out to the hallway down to that, you know. And with that, with, with all these questions, I always, um, and it's just changing people's perception of this, anything that we're expecting of the dog, if we look at it from, uh, so likes of that, if we go from uh, the dog sleeping, even if the dog sleeps in your, your bedroom, so Logan sleeps in the bedroom with me, but he's, I know he's up in the bed just now, but he doesn't get up in the bed during the night with me, uh, but he'll sleep in his, his, um, his bed. Now, if he sleeps in his bed on the floor in my bedroom for years, and then I put him in another room, what I would say to somebody is, could you cope with that? Could you cope with just, this is, you know, I mean, I, 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 although I travel a lot, I still really like my bed. I like my own bed and my own house, you know? Um, and then I just, somebody comes in one day and just decides that I've got to sleep in the living room. Yeah. And I'm like, but what happened to my bedroom? And all that nice, you know, 
So yeah. and when we think about it like that, you're like, well, could we deal with it? And if, if the answer is no, then it's, I think generally it's not fair to ask that of our dogs without some help. Yeah, and, it's, and, and the other thing is, it's not just that one change. Yeah. It's, if you haven't thought about any of this stuff, it's the exercise, it's where you sleep, it's when you get your dinner, it's who interacts with you, it's the amount, everything. So it's, it's just like a bomb's going off in the dog's life. Yeah. And then we wonder why they can't cope. Yeah. Because you know. we so, had, when we had, we got, uh, my, we had a, a Bordeaux, dog to Bordeaux, and when I think of the insanity that we, when we got him, um, he was, my daughter was 15 months old and we were pregnant with my son and we bought a puppy. A massive puppy at that. Mental. Um, so, and what he did going through that was he was then like, if you, if you left a, a wet nappy on the floor, that's just a big toy. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and pulled it apart. And now you've got, as well as having to look at, uh, after two kids that are two or, or, or younger and the dog, you've now got to clean all that up and then manage the dog when you're trying to clean that up and make sure the baby's safe and so on. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think the key is thinking about what might change and thinking about how can we make these changes gently and gradually and get them out the way before the baby comes so that this is normal, habitual. The dog sleeps downstairs. He's used to that. He's settled. There's not a problem. The dog maybe might have been previously in the back seat in the car. That's not appropriate. So if you need to train your dog to get used to being behind a dog guard or in a crate in the boot, you need to start now. Don't start when you're bringing your baby home from hospital and expect your dog just to be cool with it because uh, and, and the thing is it, it shouldn't be a surprise that our baby's arriving <laughs> you <laughs> generally get a bit of notice uh, yeah, uh, right so even if uh, even if um and without being you know and we're not victorian so we'll talk but even if a a, a woman's cycle is is not massively regular you're still getting six months notice aren't you you know <laughs> So you get at least six months notice. Oh yeah, I'm pregnant. Oh when oh that that's you know that so it's in six months time, you know, depending on, on the women's own biology and stuff like that. So we've got at least six months to at least six months to prepare for this. Yeah. No. And it's it is it's just it, it's thinking about it in advance and making those changes gradually. But also and that's for just your bog standard dog with no issues and no but especially if you've got a dog who's a bit wary about new things or yeah. changes struggles to adapt to them so like my dog like charlie yeah. he would you know if you suddenly if a pram suddenly appeared in the hallway he would that would spook him he yeah. wouldn't be very comfortable about walking by that so you want to get all these you know it's understanding your dog and knowing what might be a problem for them is it, is it sounds can i start playing the sound of a baby crying yeah in advance and pair that with some really good stuff so that it's not exactly the same as the real thing, oh, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's an approximation, you know, do that now. So if I know my dog's noise sensitive, start doing that. If I know my dog's a bit wary of new things, start to bring in the pram and the baby chair bouncer thing in advance when there's no baby in it and he can get used to it in his own time and he can explore it and investigate it safely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then it's, He's used to it by the time there happens to be a baby and it. it's one less thing for him to deal with. I think so as well, one, who your dog is as well. Yeah. One of the things I used to say as well is if you get, a, I mean, lots of the, the baby dolls that we see are, are really realistic now. 
you know, and you get ones that are a crying baby and stuff. So you wrap the, the that baby doll in a blanket and then you act as if you're hushing and swaddling the baby and with the dog around you and do some training that way. And you can do that well in advance, you know. Yeah. Um, and and all, so all of the, from a dog's position, all this weird stuff that we start doing, we can start saying, getting the dog used to it. Exactly, yeah. And train the dog what we want them to do. Yeah, so it just means if you get all that out of the way in advance, there's it's just less for the dog to deal with at the time, and that makes the likelihood, it makes it more likely that they're going to cope better. It's not a guarantee. Because sometimes, you know, there's been no warning and you come in and the dog's just freaked by the baby or super interested in the baby. But at least all the practical things are out of the way. Yeah. You've, you've at least got them used to things like, you know, the pram, the chair, the sound of the baby crying, you know, baby gates, you know, just put them up in advance so that it's nothing new. Yeah, yeah. just there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not rocket science. It just needs a bit of thought. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, cool. Excellent. Thanks for that. That's really, really good. Okay. Um, how do we, um, so we'll, we'll kind of finish on something which is kind of, we've talked a lot about, about the problems and being that you're now the prophet of doom and all the rest of it, all right? <laughs> so how do we um, carve out some time for our dog? So I've got some thoughts on that as well. And then how do we do some other enrichment? So it's, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you've not heard that term before, enrichment is, uh, enrichment for a human would be, um, reading a book, watching something on Netflix, doing a hobby. So something which is active and uh, engaging your mind and your body, uh, one or other, playing chess, you know, uh, board games, even computer games is enrichment, enriching for us. So it adds value, hopefully, um, to our lives. So what ways can we um, carve out time for our dogs and add some more enrichment into them, given that we've all, we're taking that time away from them? Yeah, so I think um, easy ways to add enrichment um, are how we feed our dog. It's mm -hmm. the kind of most obvious one. So feeding them in ways that are going to be more interesting and fun for them. And also these have a, these are, you get a kind of, it's win-win because they also, a lot of them use up mental energy. So if they're not getting as much physical exercise, at least they're getting that mental stimulation, which is, you know, can kind of replace some of that physical exercise and it keeps the dog occupied for longer. So you get a bit more time. So things like feeding out of Kongs, feeding out of puzzle feeders. If you've got a garden, just scatter feeding in the garden if you can. You know, um, you know, just take your, if you, especially if you feed your dog something like kibble, take their kibble and just scatter it all over the grass and let them go and scent it for it and find it. And, um, you know, chews, bones, anything that involves licking, chewing, scenting, searching. They're all things that the dogs, you know, it's natural behavior for the dog. So you're giving them an outlet for all this natural behavior and it's mental stimulation. So it's going to be mentally tiring and enriching for them. Um, Lots of those are low, low arousal exercises as well. So it's not throwing a, a ball up and down your garden and a yeah. dog now comes in wired to the moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly. thoughtful stuff and and if you if you've seen some stuff on a lot of the time if you're when we're looking at enrichment, lots of people will suggest things like so you, you have um, toilet roll tube toilet roll tubes and put some food in them and fold them up and stick them in a cereal box. 
Now they're fine if you've got time to then clean up the carnage that ensues. <laughs> no, you know, when you get a baby. <laughs> you know, so no. the cardboard and newspaper all over your living room, you know, and you're like, that's just something else for me to do. Yeah. So the enriching toys are like Kong, the Kong company makes some really cool ones. Yeah. Uh, puzzle, Nina Ottison as well. So I'll try and put some of these in the, the, um, the description, the links for these. Uh, so it's having, again, that forethought of, can I do this in a way that's not creating more work for myself? Yeah, uh, so I mean, things like, you know, Kongs, have sex, get, I'm not, you know, get somebody, get, if it's, people come around when you've got a baby and they always ask, okay, what can I do to help? Go and stuff my Kongs for me <laughs> and put them in the freezer and then you've got them to hand. If you can't get out for a walk yeah. and it's all going wrong that day, you've got something to hand, you know, have some enrichment toys, but it, as you say, it doesn't need to be anything fancy. It can just be literally scattering the food on the floor or in the back garden. Um, I think as well when the baby's, if the baby is sleeping or you've got a bit of downtime, just giving the dog some um, loving and petting and uh, cuddles. just, you know, that tactile stuff, because that's probably what they're missing out on a bit. So you see this as well, you get a lot of, and the, you know, couples or families will, will this will make you laugh but uh, you get lots of um because most i mean women tend to be more mature than guys anyway for a broad variety of reasons okay um but that's something that that i heard when i was a young dad and i would listen to some of, some of my pals and it was like like i don't get any time with the missus anymore you know so they're missing that that kind of not just the loving, but actually just that attention, you know. And again, that's what's, that's what's happening to your dog as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, just, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just think about how can I feed them in ways that are going to interest them? How can I? And when you do take them out on a walk, it's not, you know. So I always say, one thing I do say to mums is I think if you possibly can, leave the baby at home if you, if you can and take the dog for a walk yourself because it's so good. You know, it allows you to not keep... leaving the baby alone. Well, home. not alone, alone <laughs> with their dad or their gran or somebody. You know, not alone. Um, you <laughs> know, yourself there's no control. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good for the mum's mental health getting out there. You know, just getting outside because there's days where you're, you know, like ready for, you know, killing somebody. Um, you know, getting out and it keeps that connection with your dog. It keeps that bond going. You don't need to go far. It doesn't need to be a 10 mile hike, you know, just a bit of sniffy walk, you know, just giving them a bit of time, one-to-one time. I was just thinking there when you were talking about when, you know, somebody comes in and walk, they say, what can you do? And you say, you could stuff the Kongs for me. Um, everybody buys you a gift when you've got your, everybody buys you a gift for the baby. So you can, but, and I, again, I know this from experience because, Lots of young couples are, it, they haven't been working for 20 years and have got some capital behind them and all that kind of stuff, you know, so they're just, um, and then there's a big financial outlay of uh, the new baby. So you've got your pram, your car seat, which cost hundreds of pounds, yeah. ridiculous. So you can then say to somebody, could you buy me a puzzle feeder for the dog? Now, your, your, the, your family might turn around and say, well, that, that's crazy, you know, but, but, but it's going to help because I need those for my dog that's going to make my life easier and I haven't got the money to spend on it, yeah. you know. Or you ask for Amazon vouchers. Amazon's got everything and without getting, I mean, not that we want to be giving Jeff Bezos any more money than any money they got, but we can ask for vouchers 
for Tesco, you know, mm. or for a, a shopping centre that has got a pets at home or something like that. So you can then go, I'm going to go and use these to buy that, and you're not having that outlay for, because dog toys are not, they're not the cheapest, you know. Yeah, no, no. And even like things like good chews, you know, like Jack yeah. Snacks or, you know, they're, if you buy something good, long lasting quality yeah. the dog likes, they're not cheap, you know. But these things, if you've got some of those to hand, just, it just makes life a bit easier because the dogs get something to do as opposed to just leaving them hanging and then they're going to find their own, yeah, sure. in, you know, entertainment and that might not be what yeah. you want, yeah. you know, so. Wonderful. That's great. So lots of really cool information in there. Um, so if, where can people find a family dogs, family dogs, family paws trainer? So where would they, if somebody's listening, where would they go to? So Family Paws, Family Paws website is uh, familypaws.com yep. um, and there's a, a search facility on that um, to find a Family Paws uh, trainer in your country or local area. Um, so all the Family Paws trainers uh, are listed on that website. So if you go there, you'll get more information about Family Paws. They also have some good resources that you can download and handouts and information for um, new and expectant parents uh, you know, if you just want to get a bit more information. And as I say, there's a search, a directory of all the registered, uh, licensed trainers. Perfect. Wonderful. Great. Thanks very much for your time. It's, it's been really, really nice and really valuable and a lot of stuff that I haven't thought about before as well. So, um, yeah, so thanks for your time this afternoon. Cool. You're welcome.
with her family and her Terrier Cross Charlie.